Hello and welcome to the official podcast for the 27th Annual FIRST Conference, happening June 14th through 19th, 2015 in Berlin, Germany. I'm your host, Martin McKay. And I'm Christian Riley. To find out more information about the conference, please visit www.first.org. And now we join our interview in progress. So this time on the podcast, we're joined by Erin Leverett and Marie Mo, who are going to be talking about ICS and with the presentation, I'm sorry to inform you at the upcoming FIRST conference. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks. So Marie, if, if we can just dive in a little bit and, and kind of give people an overview of about what exactly you're going to be talking about at the conference, what's uh, what you talk about? Uh, it's going to be about uh, victim notification and how... Uh, we have worked as uh, me on the search side uh, and uh, Irina from the uh, researcher side, finding vulnerabilities uh, and uh, how to inform victims about uh, possible intrusions into their systems. So when you say victim, are you talking about the people who are the end users the, or are you talking about the organizations who are the victims of these uh these incidents? Yeah, since I've been working at the National CERT, it's uh, mostly organizations. So we're not dealing directly with the, with the end users. We're dealing with the uh, companies and uh, particularly the companies that are part of uh, critical national infrastructure in Norway. So you're using um, a, a specific event uh, as the, the, the grounds and, and the basis for your talk. Can you um, tell people a little bit about what that event is so they, they can understand um, what the issues were with, with actually providing these companies with the information and telling them that they've already been, uh, been hacked? Yeah, so one of the examples we are using in our talk is uh, related to a series of spear phishings and uh, uh, targeted attacks from last summer uh, that I guess you have heard about uh, under the name of uh, Energetic Bear, uh, Havex uh, uh, malware. So we as a national search, we got notified and we also saw in our sensor networks several related spear phishing attacks. After analyzing these attacks, we could see that this was part of a bigger campaign, which was later also uh, disclosed to the public by several uh, security companies under different names. So in this campaign, we could see that several Norwegian companies were targeted. And we want to reach out uh, to those companies, of course, but also to the entire energy and oil and gas sector in Norway. So this must be a bit of an uncomfortable conversation to start. How do you approach somebody to tell them, by the way, we found evidence that you've been compromised, and how do they react? Yeah, that can be a little bit awkward. <laughs> In this particular case, uh, we didn't really have evidence that they were compromised. We only knew that they were on target list. But working for the national search, uh, I've been involved in a lot of other incidents as well, where we had uh, companies being really 
badly compromised. And you have to be a little bit, little bit sensitive about how to go on and, and tell uh, organizations about this. Uh, so there are a couple of things that you should keep in mind. Uh, first of all is finding the contact point, uh, which is the proper contact point. That can be a little bit challenging if you don't have contacts or you haven't been in dialogue with that uh, organization before. Uh, and then there are other things to consider, like uh, what content to put in your message and how to deliver it. And then uh, also working with the victim and providing them some kind of uh, follow-up and support uh, afterwards. So, Erin, I mean, I understand um, Maria's involvement in this as, as part of the search. So where did you come into this? I'm bringing essentially the, some of the same messages, but from a different perspective. And that is as an external researcher, um, a number of years ago, I reported vulnerable industrial systems or industrial systems at risk would be a, a way to describe it to NORSERT and also to other certs. And I sort of, in a sense, I was notifying them and then some of them were going on to notify other customers. Since then, uh, I have been involved in some notifications myself, not just from that work, um, but from other work directly with uh, oil and gas and, and electricity companies. And it's not always victim notification, particularly in the case where I was finding systems at risk. It was vulnerable systems, right? Or um, did you did you realize that this equipment was internet facing and maybe that there were some vulnerabilities attached to that that device? And in some cases, uh, these organizations didn't didn't know. And the reason that interests me is if people already are aware of their cert or are already aware of penetration testing companies, then they're thinking about these things, but it's the ones who haven't thought about these things that I, I get uh, some reward from from helping. So my contribution is essentially talking about what it's like to interact with NorthCert, what information I need to provide to them uh, and what what they can use to then provide to the customer, um, but also the, the sensitivities around sharing information uh, of this type. Oh, I can I can imagine that speaking to some of these companies, they're not really some of these companies are not really in a situation to, to be able to deal with the information you're providing to them. They don't necessarily think about security, as you, as you mentioned, they're not aware of penetration testing or aware of, of internet security in general. So how do you bridge that difference between providing them technical information, possibly that they've already been pre-owned, and, and them maybe pushing back and saying that it's not their, their industry, it's not what they concentrate on or not what they necessarily care about. Do you come across that often where they're pushing back and saying that they're just not interested? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, it's one of the reasons I moved from penetration testing to academia for a while. It's sometimes a little bit easier to approach some of these organizations when you're not coming from a penetration testing background. I think that coming from the government could be beneficial when you approach uh, larger organizations. They tend to listen to the government. I'm also not uh, working for the government anymore. I just started this week in a new job as a scientific researcher. So I'm, I'm uh, also taking some time off from the search work and the operational work to do more uh, technical research. Having a PhD in information security probably helps get your message across a little bit as well, doesn't it? 
yeah, that also helps a little bit. But the, sometimes you have to, to to get the attention at the companies, the organizations. You have to give them quite strong message. Uh, and one way we could do that uh, at Northcert uh, was to uh, actually uh, ask for a meeting uh, on a high level, uh, where we also brought in our director if it was needed uh, to just get the message across and to get some attention in the organization. Now, you mentioned um, in in your abstract of your presentation that there was an, an outreach campaign that that drew some media attention and, and created quite a lot of noise at, at high levels. Was that a, a positive or a, or a negative point? I mean, obviously, these companies don't necessarily want everyone knowing that that they've been possibly targeted or have been hacked. But obviously, it's, it gets the the message out there to companies that may not be paying attention that this is actually an issue. So is that a was that a plus point or a, or a, or a negative? Yes, I think that was really positive. Uh, and also got feedback uh, afterwards from uh, several of the organizations that they used this as a kind of uh, exercise. Uh, so even though they didn't find anything based on our indicators that we shared, uh, this was really good uh, uh, opportunity to check if they were able to check this in the logs and so on. So they could uh, actually rehearse their contingency plans. And also, this was uh, something that uh, brought the attention to many um, uh, organizations in the energy sector of Norway that uh, maybe hadn't been so concerned about uh, uh, cybersecurity before. Well, actually, that brings up a a really good point. Did Did most of the organizations have some sort of plan or was this, for many of them, the first time they'd ever thought of it? I don't have a statistic of that because we contacted so many organizations in this uh, particular uh, incident. So we didn't get feedback from everyone. But they called in a a meeting where we uh, talked to a lot of them. And uh, I think it varies a lot uh, between the the companies, uh, also depending on size. I think there's sort of two things going on there. One is um, a lot of information sharing tends to be a bit one way or the conversation is very long. So, you know, I might provide information to Norsert and it's not until a year or two later that they can really share the tiniest bit of feedback uh, about what what went down. Um, and that's to do with trust building and that's important. And I think the same thing happens when you contact individual companies. You share some information with them and you may not hear from them again for a year or so. Uh, but then they'll come back and say to you, look, that made a huge difference. I was able to go and talk to uh, the board about what incident response functions we have in-house and what we have uh, or need uh, externally to the organization. And going back briefly to your point about the media, I think the media as a tool in infosec discussions is a very is a very blunt one. You know, it's a hammer and it's not always easy to get the media to share the right kind of message. But equally, it can be useful. Sometimes a short video of an information security failure can be much more powerful than um, doing an hour-long PowerPoint presentation. There's just an art to not creating too much hype, but still capturing um, the real impacts to everyday people. Who do you think uh, is going to get the most out of your presentation at first? I mean, who uh, other cert teams... What's the the focus and what's the the target audience for your presentation? 
I think, um, yeah, the CERT teams, obviously, that's why we're going to first, right? right? We want to speak to them. I think that Marie and I want to talk a little bit about bedside manner when you present this information to different groups. And I'll talk a little bit about what it's like for an external researcher to interact with, with the CERT teams and not know his way around. I mean, I just kind of stumbled into all of this uh, three or four years ago, I guess now. And my introduction to these CERT teams was sudden and welcome. I mean, I, I've learned so much from working with different incident response people over the years. But, you know, I had to learn my way around the community very quickly. Um, and I think that might be useful feedback for them. Well, Marie and Aaron, um, thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your day and talking to us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and seeing your talk in Berlin this summer. And see you in Berlin. Yep, see you in Berlin. You've been listening to the official podcast for the 27th Annual First Conference, June 14th through 19th in Berlin, Germany. To find out more, check out www.first.org. We both hope to see you in Berlin. Thanks for listening. Thank you.